in Georgia Ag Review for the week ending October 18th. The week began with the agriculture community gearing up for the annual Sunbelt Ag Expo, along with watching the goings-on in Washington, D.C. We begin with Julie McPeak giving us a report on how researchers are using peanut butter and a ruler to confirm a diagnosis of early-stage Alzheimer's disease. Well, the ability to smell is associated with the first cranial nerve and is often one of the first things to be affected in cognitive decline. And now researchers at the University of Florida are using that fact along with peanut butter and a ruler to confirm a diagnosis of early-stage Alzheimer's disease. Peanut butter was chosen because it's a pure odorant that is only detected by the olfactory nerve and is easy to access. In the study, patients closed their eyes and mouth and blocked one nostril. The ruler was held next to the open nostril along with an open container of peanut butter while the patient breathed normally. The peanut butter was then moved up the ruler one centimeter at a time during the patient's exhale until the person could detect an odor. The distance was recorded and the procedure repeated on the other nostril after a 90-second delay. The scientists found that patients in the early stages of Alzheimer's disease had a dramatic difference in detecting odor between the left and right nostril with the left nostril being impaired and not detecting the smell until it was an average of 10 centimeters closer to the nose than the right nostril. This, however, was not the case in patients with other kinds of dementia and said those patients had either no difference in odor detection between nostrils or the right nostril was worse at detecting the odor. Of course, more studies must be conducted to fully understand the implications with the test currently only being used to confirm a diagnosis. But there are plans to test patients with mild cognitive impairment to see if it might be used to predict which patients are going to get Alzheimer's disease. With the government going back to work, the farm bill remains in the news. Here is Julie with the report. Well, more movement in Washington as the leaders of the House and Senate Agriculture Committees have made plans for the Farm Bill Conference, as the first formal conference meeting could be scheduled as early as next week, depending on the House and Senate schedules. House Ag Chair Frank Lucas will serve as the chair. The government shutdown is officially over, but the lapse in federal funding will continue to affect the release of some crop reports. While the government shutdown is officially over, the lapse in federal funding has not allowed the National Agricultural Statistics Service to engage in the necessary data collection and analysis over the past few weeks in order to release their usual selection of statistical reports. NASA's Crop Production and Cotton Jennings Report and the World Agricultural Outlook Board's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates, originally scheduled for last Friday, October 11th, are canceled. The next scheduled release for these reports is November 8th. Additionally, NASA's Cattle on Feed and Peanut Prices Report scheduled for October October 18th are postponed. NASA is currently assessing its data collection plans and evaluating the timing of upcoming reports. Honeybees are a vital part of agriculture. The latest on the list of concerns for honeybee health is selenium. Well, as concerns over honeybee health grow, so are the list of issues that might be affecting it. The latest on that list, selenium. A group of University of California researchers found that selenium found in four different forms in plants can kill bees and delay their development. Selenium occurs naturally, but it can also be magnified by human activities, such as petroleum refining and cold power production. And in agriculture, runoff can collect and concentrate selenium from surrounding soils. In minute amounts, selenium is actually beneficial as part of an antioxidant enzyme, but in higher concentrations, it's toxic. Honeybees may be more susceptible because of their food source, pollen, and nectar that can be easily contaminated. The fact that they lack detoxification enzymes may also put them at a higher risk than other insects. The researchers are currently conducting studies where bees are fed selenium-laden foods in order to monitor the insects for changes in survival and behavior. The researchers are also looking at other heavy metals, including cadmium, copper, and lead.
Various livestock events took place at the annual Sunbelt Ag Expo in Moultrie, Georgia this week. Randall Wiseman caught up with Suzanne Black with the Georgia Beef Board, who talked about the various promotions through the beef checkoff. Cattle producers attending the Sunbelt Ag Expo are invited to stop by the livestock area to learn more about your beef checkoff. Suzanne Black with the Georgia Beef Board said they will be there to answer any questions you may have. We'll all be there, so ask us anything about the checkoff dollars, events that are coming up. Um, come sign up to help us out at some of those events so you can get some one-on-one communication time with some consumers that we're reaching in your area. That would be great. We just we love that time to talk to our producers as that doesn't come often enough. Plus, Suzanne said the Beef Checkoff has another presence at the Sunbelt Ag Expo. And, of course, our cattle women will be there as well in the family living building. They'll have recipes, so come see them. Um, any beef questions, aim them towards us. So we're just excited to come out and see our producers and have some contact with them. One of the big events at Sunbelt Ag Expo every year is the naming of the Southeastern Farmer of the Year, along with Farmer of the Year for Georgia. Julie McPeak tells us who this year's winners are. Sunbelt Ag Expo has crowned James Cooley of South Carolina as the 2013 overall Swisher Sweet Southeastern Farmer of the Year. The Georgia winner is Mr. Will Harris, owner of White Oak Pastures, an organic farm and diversified livestock operation in Bluffton, Georgia. It's a family farm, been in my family since 1866. My daughters are the fifth generation on the farm. We raise cows, hogs, sheep, goats, and rabbits and process them on the farm. We raise chickens, turkeys, geese, guineas, and ducks and process them on the farm, as well as certified organic vegetables and pastured eggs. Harris markets all of his products directly to consumers through retail and food service outlets. What we do today is remarkably close to what my great-grandfather did on the same farm a century and a half ago. And although we use a lot of technology, you know, we've really come full circle. Harris adds that he is honored to be recognized as the 2013 Georgia Farmer of the Year. Research is being done to make tastier veggies. Everett Griner closes out our report this week talking about the vegetable market. I eat meat, but I'm a heavy vegetable eater too. So, do my vegetables taste different or do I just think they do? Well, they do. The crops farmers grow and those produced in home gardens are not what Grandpa grew. Anybody who loves tomatoes knows that, but science is trying to do something about it. University of Florida researchers are working on tomatoes that will put flavor back into your salad or your sandwich. But a lot has to be done before you'll taste it. It'll have to withstand refrigeration, transportation, and have acceptable shelf life before you taste it. And don't look for it next spring. It'll take a while, two to five years. I just hope somebody is working on broccoli, squash cucumbers. My cucumbers looked like a cantaloupe and were about the same size. What did it taste like? I don't know. I left them on the vine. Remember, you can find these stories along with all the big Southeast Agriculture reports on our website at southeastagdebt.com. I'm Daniel Lee with Southeast Ag Debt's podcast.